Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, guys and girls. The program you are about to hear will be both fun and educational, but it is not a substitute for medical advice. Although we are doctors, we are not your doctors. Hello and welcome to Travel Medicine. As always, I'm your friendly neighborhood internal medicine doc, Dr. J. Hey guys, Dr. Santosh here, back fresh from the continent of Europe and reporting to you from the lab, your pediatric infectious disease doc and researcher. How fresh? Were you continent on Europe or were you incontinent? Oh, (laughs) European? No, that's so terrible. (laughs) That's why I never That's... trust those incontinental breakfasts. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we shouldn't make urine jokes about Europe. I really liked my trip there. I had a good time. So I heard. In fact, rumor has it, you even managed to visit a prostitute or two. I No, no. It's, I didn't visit any prostitutes. You're a horrible human being. No, no, no. I, I got a text. I got a text <laughs> while I was camping. which I'm going to read, and it basically says something to the effect of, Hey, Josh, I found a prostitute center. It's next to the daycare. I'm going to check it out. (laughs) What I said was, Amsterdam has a prostitute information center. It's right next to the daycare behind the old church. I'm you know, going to go check it out. You know, I would think prostitutes are one of the few things that you wouldn't need an instruction manual for. <laughs> every every one of us could use instructions on everything. <laughs> uh, I, I I think we can all uh, benefit from a little bit of information. But no, this this was a, a little bit of it. I will tell you, a little bit of it was information on like. Hey, if you're going to solicit or go hang with a prostitute, like what to do was a little bit like the health and medical and 
social side to prostitution. What they really worked for, they were really on a mission to destigmatize sex work. That does, of course, uh, bring us to the fact that this week we are going to be covering something a little bit different. So we are going to be talking about prostitution, specifically prostitution in Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. And we're going to mix it in with a little bit of Dr. Santosh's trip to Amsterdam and his interview with a prostitute info center worker, which yeah. almost <laughs> is like an Anne Rice kind of vibe, like interview with the prostitute info center worker. Yeah. <laughs> it does. It sucked, uh, but not no, in that way. Nobody tried to bite me. Did you know from where the word prostitution comes? I actually did not look up the root of that particular word. No, where does the English word prostitute come from? It actually comes from the Latin. It's a compound word meaning to place in front. So placing in front is the pro, just like progress or proceed, um, things like that. And otatuere means placement and uh, the word for statue as well. If you look at it, otatuere or otatu is a single place. So to prostitute means to place oneself in front. Whereas the word whore is an old Indo-European word, which is a mixture of the Germanic horon, meaning one that desires, and a Sanskrit word kama, like in Kama Sutra, meaning Mm -hmm. lust. So a whore is one who displays lustful behavior. Okay, gotcha. So, in fact, those two weren't really terribly equivalent because prostitution is kind of, is a little more precise. Like you're offering something in front, but whore is just kind of like horny. Let's let's go through a little history, right? Yeah, you know, please. Amsterdam. Yeah. If there's two things that everyone knows about Amsterdam, it's that it is apparently a marijuana Disneyland, <laughs> and hookers roam the streets. Yeah. They also like tulips, I hear. <laughs> Number one, yes, from what I saw in certain parts of Amsterdam. Number two, no, they <laughs> do not wander the streets, and we'll get into that a little bit. And number three, yeah, they absolutely love their tulips. Prostitution is a very old industry in Amsterdam. Of course, it's known as being the oldest industry. Absolutely, yeah. I would think it would be hunter, gatherer, shelter builder, but no, apparently... Like... <laughs> People have no place to sleep and nothing to eat, but hey, let's bang. (laughs) No, we're Uh talking about, and going a little more arcane here, but we're talking about research where we have observed chimpanzees, where we've taught them to value currency, you know, like shiny things as money. And the first thing they did when they realized that these little shiny coins could buy them fruit, the first things that the males did were... Offer them to the female chimpanzees in exchange for sex. <laughs> so, <laughs> Although it was practiced as early as, I think, 1300, Santosh? How, how, yeah. old, is, how old is prostitution in Amsterdam? Uh, so, yeah, the, the Devalen district, so the district that we kind of know nowadays as the red light district, was built around 1380. Well, it was looked upon over the years, both very favorably and very unfavorably. Uh, For example, in the year 1400, if you were caught, uh, there was a pretty severe three strikes law. Mm 
right. from the city justice regulations, which held that a whore performing her trade outside the allowed place and after having already received two warnings would be buried alive. You know, we were still talking about a very strictly kind of church controlled city. You know, because originally prostitution was just, it was held in inns. Waitresses would double as escorts occasionally. Yeah, yeah. You had the district, and it was actually built, Josh, around the old church. So right now, the center of the red light district is the old church, which which still functions as a church. The reason for this, it was a port town, so you were a sailor. You'd go in, and you'd come in on shore leave, and you'd go have your fun. Do you remember, maybe in the movie Dogma, or in Catholic history, talking about indulgences? You could pay for a certain prayer to forgive a sin, because you didn't have time to sit there and do confession and all that. Now, A, you needed to do this early enough in the day, because at night... The priests would be off committing their own sins in the red light district. You would get to the old church after you had a day of frolicking, and you'd be like, forgive me, Father, I have sinned. I have uh, slept with several prostitutes. How many? Uh, Four. Okay, well, that will be uh, 200 gilder. Okay, I got in a fight. Oh, that's 50 gilder. I drank excessively. Oh, my God, my son. Okay, 100 gilder. And so you'd spend all your money that way. But the final night, Josh, right before you were supposed to go off to your boats, the final night, you didn't know if you were going to be sober enough and with it enough to drag your ass to church to get your indulgences before you had to run to your ship um, so they didn't leave without you. So that day before that final night, you would buy your indulgences in advance. (laughs) So you'd say, forgive me, Father, I have plans to sleep with many prostitutes. How many? Uh, Four. Are you sure it's just going to be four, my son? Make it six, just in case. (laughs) And of course, these indulgences were part of Protestant Reformation. I was about to say the prostitute Reformation. The Protestant Reformation. Why people were so angry that, hey, you know, priests are just selling off forgiveness for sin. By no means was prostitution encouraged, though, and regularly, in addition to being buried alive, women who were caught even within the allowed areas were brought to the so-called spin houses. That's what uh, lady jails were known as back in the 1600s. And then convicted women, who mostly would be criminals, beggars, and a large number of prostitutes, were punished by having to sit in a large room and spin and sew. And everybody who paid a nickel could come and watch them as if it was the zoo. <laughs> Which seems like a weird zoo. You know, like, no, here, that's... what do you want to do? Let's go pay a nickel and watch the prostitutes make socks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, the, it was the oddest thing to kind of satisfy your boredom. Like, that was like the strip clubs of the day. <laughs> so... What exactly do you call a prostitute? Do you call them a prostitute? Um, do you mind introducing yourself as much nope. as you wish? Of course. So my name is Berna, Berna okay. Meyer. I work at the Prostitution Information Center. I have worked here for over 16 years. Born and raised in Amsterdam. I studied, I did my bachelor in social work, and I did an extra study there on the history of prostitution in Amsterdam. Okay. And that's how I, well, ended up here. Yeah. <laughs> 
our listeners started to ask about medicine all over the world, travel all over yeah. the world, regardless yeah. of medicine and science. And of course, sex is always sexy. It is. It, <laughs> so, is, it is. And very yeah. interesting. Very interesting. It is. So when I heard that there was an information center here, I had learned that there were journalists who had had the very small chance to actually go and meet the ladies and yes. interview them. But I thought if I have a professional here or someone who knows without having to invade the privacy of one of the ladies, that that would be the best opportunity. First of all, what is the most respectful way to address the women working here? Should I say prostitutes or ladies or working girls? A sex worker. Sex always worker. Good. So the word prostitute in a lot of uh, countries is actually a no-go. Right. The thing is, is that the only reason why for most people it's a no-go is because it has a very negative ring to it. it right. So people associate it with really bad things. Sure. The word sex worker has the word working it, so it sounds a lot more professional. For me personally, mm -hmm. prostitute is also correct. Okay. As in, you will hear me say both terms. I don't have any, because I don't have a negative association with okay. If you want to be on the safe side, use the word sex worker or the gotcha. term sex worker. It, it is a broader term. Okay, so that refers not only to women whose work is sex, but who are maybe performers. Exactly. So they're in the shows and things like exactly. this. Does it also extend to women who work in film? Yes. Okay. Yes. So I always mm -hmm. say that every a prostitute is a sex worker, but not okay. every sex worker is a prostitute. Gotcha. That's a good way to think it's of it. It's a good one, right? I mean, so I know about the PIC. I know about the official union, Proud. That's for the Netherlands or just Amsterdam? Uh, the Netherlands. The Netherlands? Yes. So wait, there's a prostitute union? I mean, well, I guess yeah. that makes sense. It's sex work. They're not just fucking around. But Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what's PNG? Papua New Guinea? Like these prostitutes. No, no, are it's going not. <laughs> it's actually P and G, so like P ampersand G. Uh, so let's talk about Proud first. Proud is the Dutch Union of Sex Workers. It's the largest union of sex workers in the whole Netherlands. There are others, but. As you can imagine, this is legitimate business in the Netherlands. So just like with any other legitimate business, in order to communicate with the government and with society, they have unionized. The sex workers have unionized. So before you asked, yes, there is a history of them going on strike. <laughs> Once in the Netherlands and other unions in places like Turkey, for instance, when prostitution was legal in Turkey and they were union. So it is very powerful for them to have a union so that they can demand their rights when they need to, especially in the way of like healthcare, preventative care, um, mental health care, um, and safety and support as well as keeping their trade legal. And you also showed me about PNG 292, yes. which was uh, a source for, I guess, mental, social, and physical health. Exactly. Uh, resources for all the sex workers working here. I know about now the sex workers can get information. Where is the closest place they can go directly for access to care? That is at the PNG Center, okay. which is actually really close by uh, okay. here. It's on one of the canals, really close. You can always go there. And PNG 292 in Amsterdam is kind of their health network and medical center. So you can find it in one particular clinic, which they have in the center of the old city.
Think of it a little bit like a Planned Parenthood style where a woman can go and talk about sexual health, get preventative care, uh, condoms, uh, checkups for um, sexually transmitted infections, and birth control. Medical center kind of um, specializing in care for sex workers. Of course, everybody also usually has their own house doctor. How do you call sure. it the house doctor? Oh, so uh, we say general practitioner. Right, right. Uh, are, the, are these physicians who actually come and visit? No, or? no, no. Okay. It's just, you go to their office. Yes, because okay. everybody in the in the Netherlands, so ma- uh, health care is mandatory. Okay. So everybody oh. has ha- health care. Okay. And that doesn't really matter if you're homeless or the king. Uh, has to have What healthcare. an idea. Yes. <laughs> 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 just throwing it out there. Yeah, yeah. You know, so everybody has access to general health care. Okay. Um, of course, if you're a sex worker, there can be something specific. And okay. the thing is, general doctor, so your house doctor, mm-hmm. it can be difficult to talk about your work as a sex worker. Okay. Because, of course, you always have people who have moralist, moral, oh, moral protest. Moral problems. Right. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Uh, I'd say mental problems. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm already giving you my opinion, which I shouldn't. But I'm not really a journalist. I'm a doctor. Exactly. So you're allowed to. And but that is the thing. So you you come across people's personal opinions, even though for a doctor, uh, you know that shouldn't matter, but it does. So you do find that a lot of people that really specifically need something examined that directly a relation to their job sure most would prefer to go to specialists so they'll find gynecologists or they'll find um younger people maybe the the age limit is 18 I 21 21 okay so probably not pediatricians or adolescent no. medicine so do you find that there's still in the medical community some pushback so doctors who are like oh prostitute yes are you kidding me yes and don't get me wrong uh, there are definitely a lot of doctors who don't i know some doctors personally who really have no moral objection to this whatsoever sure unfortunately there there are in in my opinion or in my view so in bigger cities that is less okay but holland is bigger than just sex workers everywhere okay so in some places you'll find the bias to be greater than in others okay back to a little bit of history in the yeah so this was under napoleon or or pre-napoleon or post-napoleon you know it kind of went back and forth whether or not prostitution was legal essentially when napoleon came around he was like oh okay fine um you know 1795 occupied by the french there's prostitution here, let's just legalize it. You know, they were trying to do a few things, including control uh, the spread of sexually transmitted infections. They were trying to keep uh, women safe. And um, they were trying to figure out how to legalize prostitution without making it, like, too rampant. Well, they did figure that out by the late 1800s. And in fact, the National Penal Law of 1881, stop snickering, you're all being very (laughs) immature, regulated that keeping a brothel was illegal for a woman not previously reported to the authorities, meaning that being a hooker was not in itself forbidden. But not mentioning that a woman performed sex work could lead to 
a fine of up to 300 guilders for the tenant of the brothel and even more for the landlord. And then the law on the cities in 1851 actually recognized brothels and hookers as legal. So federal law and state law were conflicting for about 50 years. Yeah, so, you know, this was kind of a way of saying, okay, we're trying to make this acceptable, but we don't want to. In a lot of ways, the people were trying to have their key. So, for instance, I went out to Volendam. Yes. Um, and I went out to, oh, yes. I'm going to mispronounce this, Z-E-E-S-H. It was another windmill town. It was another... Samstadt. Zanst, that's the not even <laughs> not even close. Not even close. <laughs> I understand what you mean. So, uh, so when I went there to all the the towns, the windmill towns yeah. and industrial towns, of course we stayed in kind of like the the touristy areas, green grass, sheep, and all this, and we didn't see anything like for sex workers no. there. Would I go to other parts of the town and see windows no. like that? No. Okay, no. so it would be much more discreet. Well, okay. the thing is. Every, how do you say that, I think you call it a county, can decide for themselves how they want to implement uh, sex work. But they can make it illegal. That's the only thing. They can't make it illegal, but they can say, uh, we're not going to make any brothel. We're not going to make any space for brothels or window brothels like here. So that is completely up to them. Doesn't mean, of course, that there is no sex work. Sure, sure. Because, you know, escorts, they can go all over the place, people online. No, I'm from the United States. It's definitely illegal there. You can find it in every single city. Exactly. <laughs> Santosh, I have to uh-huh. ask, because you know, everyone's wondering coming to this episode, if you're going to be talking about going to a prostitute info center, we're going sure. to want to know, how much does it cost? Uh, <laughs> yeah, we didn't really cover this during the interview, um, because we were mostly talking about uh, medicine, but here's the deal. uh, At most of the window prostitutes, and so we should say there's kind of three tiers you can go for. The first one really is window prostitution, which are in the red light district, the women who stand in a room where their front door is a big clear glass. Um, and that's the those are surrounded by red lights, unless it's blue lights, which means that they're transgender uh, in some cases. So that's window prostitution. Okay, the second tier is going to a brothel, uh, which is a a home which is set aside for uh, sex workers where you can go inside rather than, you know, just at the window where they pull the curtains. And the third one is getting an escort or having an escort brought to your room. So the first tier, Josh, just to get in the door, all right, is 50 euros. But by and large, depending on the girl, just to walk in, she gets to see you. She gets to check you out. If she wants to kick your ass out of there because you're inebriated or you're being an asshole or you stink to high heaven, she gets to keep your money and you're out of there. All right? So um, be clean, be hygienic, and be sober. But if you want to go from there for 50 euros and she says, okay, let's go, you get, I believe, 15 minutes maximum. But most of the women at the Prostitute Information Center and the 
the tour guides at the red light district said that on average when the stats were broken down a guy will last about six minutes so that's plenty of time and so what you do is you go in you clean yourself off you have to wash up you better wear a condom or she'll she'll kick you out and then you get oral sex and one position um now get this josh during that time, she gets to keep whatever she wants on. So if she wants to have sex with you, uh, vaginal sex only, penile vaginal sex only, um, and if she wants to have sex with you with all of her clothes on except for her bottom, that's totally up to her. Um, if you want to see more, you pay more. If you want another position, you pay more. If you want to uh, spend a longer amount of time. If you'd like a full one hour, and some of them are certified masseuses, so you'd like to have sex and then a full body nice massage with some scented oils, um, you pay a little bit more. And so you can get up to, on average, 200 to 300 euro. So that's the window prostitution um, if you want to go up to a brothel or have an escort sent to you, um, it can reach as high on the really glam end of 5,000 euro for a night. Now, for the window prostitution, do you get paid for being on display as well? Or what happens once you walk <laughs> into that window? No, no, they pull the curtains. So oh, okay. they have it. Yeah, they have a set of curtains. <laughs> It's not a free sex show uh, for everybody on the street. So the windows are very tightly controlled um, by the authorities as well as by the women's themselves. They actually don't own their window or their little room. They rent it. Um, so it's run by uh, three big security agencies. So you can think of them as kind of the Verizon, the Sprint, and AT&T of sex work. And so they rent out these rooms. And I don't even can... want to think about those coverage yeah. maps. Yeah. <laughs> and the women come in. They have to pay per shift to stay in there. So they might pay, for instance, uh, 200 euro for a shift, which is anywhere between 8 to 12 hours. And then they make their money um, and they pay the, the money for their shift to the security agency who lets them rent the window and then they keep the rest. You told me about the clinics. Would doctors then who are, who have no bias, are they encouraged to publish their names in some place like the PIC or PG-292 where you, if a sex worker comes to you and asks for access to care, that you can have like a list of doctors for them? Or do the girls mostly talk to themselves? They talk to themselves, but okay. also... Amongst themselves, um, I should amongst say. Amongst themselves, yes. Yeah. Uh, but also, so if, if people really don't know where to go, we always send them to P PNG. PNG because they also know where to go and where to find specific things okay and i think that goes for a lot of people that have either been here for a while or live here like me i would always and this sounds terrible maybe for you as a doctor it's, yeah. it's terrible but i would shop around i would write <laughs> emails to several doctors and yeah. explain my personal medical situation and then okay. see how they respond so kind of a combination of information that you would get from maybe the girl next to you versus what you'd find online and the internet is a beautiful thing. Yes. I know that they have their emergency button to call the police. Some said private security as yes. well. I know the streets are extremely narrow. What about emergency medical services like yes. trying to get an ambulance in? Is it possible? Yeah, it is. Okay. Uh, so we have those, those pole thingies everywhere. Oh, the little blue button? 
No, no, no. Oh, the, the, the poles that kind of block off the street for oh, cars. Oh, yes. Oh, they can go down. They can okay. go down. So every okay. ambulance, police, and fire department has like a chip thingy in it, so they okay. will go down. Okay. Um, but yeah, it, it, I can imagine that. So I think in this street, for instance, I think an ambulance can just squeeze through. <laughs> I don't, especially here, I haven't seen it actually in a very long time that sure. an ambulance needed to be in here. But if these are young, healthy women, I mean, we're not going to be yeah, seeing the things customers. like heart attacks. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. customers. <laughs> and that Some does poor gentleman who has a heart attack in the midst of... Uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, beautiful marble floors with floor heating. Somebody <laughs> was naked and slipped. This happens. I shouldn't from laugh. The head. <laughs> no, you shouldn't, but it is kind of funny. So, yeah, then an ambulance need to come. So then okay. you can either drive like up here and they will walk with the thingy. Okay, like a place. gurney or something yes. like that. To pick. They have access to emergency hair. We have doctors all around. We have the PIC, PG 292. I understand that there's some stigma from outside to go declare yourself as a sex worker yes. and seek medical care because yes. of that. What is the stigma within the community for prostitutes and sex workers? If, for instance, one woman or one man gets an STI yes. and it's suspected they're either having discharge or pain, will a woman next to them encourage them to go to the doctor yeah. or will they say, oh, don't go, you'll get us all no. caught or something no, no, like no, that? No, oh, no, okay. absolutely not. Right. Especially if it's something like yeah, like gonorrhea or something. You know, let's face it. There are people here from all over Europe that are not sure what it is they have or oh, is it is something. Yeah. Okay, so you're a doctor, but at one time in your life you weren't. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and if you had something weird on your toe, yeah, you might course, yeah. first go to your friend and say, is that is that yeah. normal? <laughs> what is that? Is that okay? Sure. And then your friend might say, uh, well, you might want to go to a doctor with that. Sure. Okay. <laughs> and I, I think the same goes here. Okay. Besides the fact that, that in all my years here, people here are very, very careful with their bodies. Okay. Their bodies is their, their job. I've really started to notice since I've been working here, for some reason, and especially the tourists from a lot of other countries, mm -hmm. the, there is this common misconception that sex workers don't care if they get sick. Sure, yeah, they stigma. They just don't okay. care at all. And yeah. the thing is, is I try to tell people that I don't know any human being yeah. who says, ah, what's a little herpes, who cares? <laughs> General warts, whatever. Sure, sure. I don't know anyone. Right. Most people will complain if they have a cold, of let course. alone yeah, yeah. something worse. <laughs> you don't want certain things coming out of certain areas. Yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> so I think human beings in general are very careful of, of getting sick and yeah. there's a difference between really not knowing and not caring sure exactly um, and also in, in I think that maybe the that misconceptions comes from the idea that in a lot of countries where this is illegal right maybe women work for someone else who says right. you have to Absolutely. have so much money yeah so you're going to be less selective because you know what the consequences are right. if you don't come home with a certain amount of money. I used to work in inner city Chicago and I can tell you from my experience that there is fear for, for a lot of reasons but pimp or someone will find out that they went to the doctor and exactly. if they report that they're a sex worker, they're a prostitute it's an illegal activity. Technically, it's not like a gunshot wound. Right. We are always legally bound to tell the police about a gunshot wound. Right. But we don't have to disclose 
vocation, like right. sex work. But it's if the pimp finds out that the girl yes. is gone, she might get beaten or killed. Yes. The other reason is because maybe they're illegal or they're right. being forced to right. work. And if they go in and they seek care, they might get turned over to like immigration. Exactly. Um, is so, that a fear for some of the girls here who are not nationals? No, because okay. everybody here has to be legal in the European Union. Okay. You have oh. to own your own business. Okay. You, you have to prove all kinds of things. So, so a girl can't just come and post up. Uh, in the in the legal side of this business, that is that is definitely not an issue. Okay. Don't get me wrong. You, you you of course do maybe th- things that everybody has. I mean, I'm sure teenagers have that too. They teenagers had had sex. And oh, and they don't want to tell anybody. Oh my God! <laughs> I turned the condom. Out, I put the condom yeah. on the wrong way around, yeah. and then they think they have all these things. But there's yeah. also the shame factor. Yeah. So I'm sure people have that too. Yeah. You know, if if you. Um, We're actually working really hard, and because the United States is so vast, um, we have very conservative areas where lawyers and senators and everything for individual states refuse to allow children to go seek care without their parents knowing. And we have other more liberal areas where it's mandated that a physician protect the privacy of a minor. So those, in my opinion, are better, um, where a girl or a guy can say, I think I have um, an STD or I think the condom broke or I'm pregnant and I need help and they can go to the doctor and get birth control, antibiotics, whatever it is, without having to run back to mom and dad and say what happened. Exactly. Because the consequences here is that uh, I think the STD uh, STD rates here, I say STD, but you say STI? Oh, sorry. Uh, We've changed it from sexually transmitted to disease to sexually transmitted infection, only to take the stigma away. And the thing is, is that, so I think the STIs here in this this neighborhood uh, are very, very low. Okay. Uh, There was a... We should state this is an opinion no statistics so far well there are statistics okay and i'm sure the png has them okay i don't i'm not a really big on numbers thing so sure. no, i've okay. read them but yeah, yeah, yeah but there has been a, a, a research done it was like two months ago i read it and they stated low does not mean none right <laughs> okay yes. i would like to keep no, it no, this no, way that's, okay okay there's no statistics <laughs> Medical statistics, there's no such thing as a hundred or zero. Thank you, because yeah, I, I always say this absolutes. on purpose because yeah. I don't want to give people the idea, oh, we go to Amsterdam and we can yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that yeah. is not what it is. <laughs> but they did a whole research and it yeah. said it was 80% more likely to catch an STI from someone you meet at a bar than someone you meet here. Sure, sure. That is a really large number, yeah, yeah, actually. So. And <laughs> What's going on in the background there? Yeah, the Prostitute Information Center is in the red light district, which is right next to the old church. So those are church bells going off. (laughs) So can you imagine? I I guess there are a lot of people praying to God, or at least. (laughs) You can imagine. Can you imagine? Like um, having to, like if you're a native Netherlander or you're an Amsterdam person, you're like, all right, I know that bell is going to go off right at, uh, you know, like 7.15. So I'm going to go meet uh, Georgette or whoever it is at 7.16. So I'll have at least 15 minutes before the next set of bell goes off so I don't throw off my rhythm. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, it's it is it is loud and powerful church bells ringing out, and you can hear it on all corners of Amsterdam. So if you decide to just go sleep with a girl or a guy in a bar, eighty yeah. percent more likely than if you you know choose a prostitute and put down fifty euro. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Also, because uh, most most prostitutes here will always practice safe sex. Okay. No, because it's it's it yeah it's. The safety okay. thing for them. Also, condoms are always provided by the sex workers here, so you don't have to bring your own. So, if a lady rents a window, or if she joins a brothel, then usually the business or the window yes. will have condoms available. Yes. Um, they won't necessarily have birth control available here, but you no, can get you, that at PNG. You can, no, you can get that with your doctor. Oh, and most okay. people here have used birth control. Well, yeah. if, if they're anything like me, I've used birth, birth control since I'm 12. Sure, sure. Oh, okay, yeah. And I, I could just, yeah. I w- just went to the doctor and said, I want to be on the pill and the sure. doctor said okay yeah and just gave it to me <laughs> okay so and it's it's in your insurance package oh beautiful so you don't have to really worry about that okay um, except if you get the and i have no idea what the english word is for it the spiral mm. thingy oh uh, the iud in the womb is that what it is yeah in, yeah IUD? we call it intrauterine device ah. it's uh it's t-shaped like this yes okay um and condoms are also tax deductible okay for a sex worker i'm certain that you find sex workers kind of of all stripes all backgrounds um, all levels of intelligence so really smart girls who say I want to start sex work I'll look up literature look stuff on the internet I'm going to get prepared find a place like you know rent a place go to work and then you occasionally find the person who kind of like I don't know what to do I'll do sex work and kind of gets their you have a license and then kind of starts in Um, have there been any frustrations where you have to you know you walk around and everything is like Girl, you gotta start using condoms. You gotta stop being an idiot about who, who you let into your window. Any of these kind of things. No. Do you have to admonish anybody, or is there? No. No. no okay. Because the thing is, because you you are starting your own business, it right. means you have to have an accountant. You need you need a business plan. You okay. need to fill out forms before you start. Do you suppose you know. they keep sex accountants? <laughs> There are sex accountants. If you are a very good accountant and you want to get involved in uh, sex work, and uh, but you don't want to do it yourself, but you want to keep the books um, for sex workers, then... No, I mean, stop. Like, Think about this for yeah. a minute. Like, as yeah, a yeah. sex accountant, it's like, well, you spent this many hours on your back and this many yeah, on yeah. your knees. <laughs> And right. your health insurance and actuarial <laughs> risks from these various positions over enough yeah. <laughs> time figuring in factors of this many Johns a day with this many minutes sure. with each John. Like, this is an entire specialty field here. It is, it is. And so there is, uh, this is a business in Amsterdam just like anything else. And so there are accountants who specialize in sex work, there are bankers who specialize in sex work, and there are government officials who specialize in... Oh, bankers already know how to screw people. Yeah, very nice. I was waiting for that one. <laughs> so everybody okay. is, I mean, if you if you don't know how to fill out a form, okay. yeah, then you're not getting in. So, okay. you know, uh, so everybody is at least up to a certain standard. When it comes to, because you have to fill out tax forms and everything, and sure. I'm Dutch, beside the fact that I have a bachelor degree, but those stupid tax forms, even I get confused sometimes. <laughs> because it's, yeah, really, okay. they're not making it any easier. I'm guessing there's kind of like this fraternité between the business side and the tax side and the information yes. side and everything else. 
So these are intelligent young women. Is there anything to where if either they immigrate or they're native and they are illiterate or they're uneducated and they're just scared so they slip through the cracks? Does that hardly ever... possible. Oh, okay. Because the, the room renting companies get checked here so frequently okay. that if they passport think, papers that oh kind yeah of thing. oh okay. yeah and i mean sometimes even multiple times a day okay. it borders on a har- harassment sometimes sure sure um after so many centuries of condoning brothels it was right. <laughs> illegal for a while beginning in 1902 it was expressly forbidden by amsterdam city law to accommodate acts of indecency in house or trade and i guess that's when a lot of this illegal prostitution jumped up. But my favorite part of this is that violation of this city rule of 1902 was punished right. with shutting down and foreclosing of the house by the fornication police. That was their real yeah. name. <laughs> it's true. And essentially the you know the modern-day cops that we have are essentially like vice, right? So it... We do okay, have yeah, the but Vice Squad does not sound nearly as cool as Fornication Police. No, that's true. <laughs> yeah, if you're if you are the Fornicator Police, you know that is a lot harsher. Absolutely right. Yeah. So <laughs> if they really, if they suspect anything, yeah, they're not going to take a chance, and you're not getting in. Okay. So, yeah. uh, and don't get me wrong, there are of course illegal ways to work. Sure, there sure. There always are. Uh, but why because... would they choose that over? Well, if you don't get in here okay. and you still want to make money, gotcha. yeah, there are easier ways to work. I mean, you can just work from your own home without a permit. Okay. And, you know. Oh, so that's a spectrum all the way from I work illegally, but I'm basically the same as every other sex worker in Amsterdam, all the way to like really shady, scary stuff. Exactly. Wait, what? So even with <laughs> a whole country that has legalized prostitution, there's still right. underground prostitution. Yeah. <laughs> There, there is a little bit of the complete underground problem. The red tape is just getting so crazy, like the bureaucratic stuff, that there are some women who will work, for instance, out of their homes rather than out of a window. They'll get paid in cash, and they are practicing sex work. They have a license. They report wages as a sex worker, but maybe they don't report everything. A little like how uh, a waitress might not report all of her tips. Okay. Exactly. So because that, there are a lot of Dutch women who sure. started to work. Okay. Like I said, especially a lot of Dutch women have yeah. started to work so okay. illegally because, yeah. and it's a Dutch thing, we yeah. just don't like rules. <laughs> we don't like other people telling us what to do. Sure, so, sure. Okay. Um, besides the fact that there is, in the illegal side, there yeah. is just as much spectrums. Right. As in the legal side. Okay, so it's not fair to kind of just divide it and make it this way or that way. There is a, a spectrum no, there. No, exactly. Okay. So, um, okay, male prostitutes, because it's just not talked about or seen as you walk around the red light district. Um, for, for men or for women? Oh, sorry. Uh, men who are prostitutes. Yeah, for, and the customers oh, are oh, uh, customers, men or women. Uh, both, I both. guess. We got about 90. Percent of sex work done by females for uh, and, and a, you know the majority of that is for males if you are a female looking for a female prostitute there, a lot of them are bisexual um, some of them will cater to couples okay 1995 Josh right they tried an experiment 
they said, all right, we have male prostitutes here. We have female prostitutes. I know anywhere between 10 to 2% uh, is male prostitution. Why don't we give the boys a chance to get out there and stand in windows and solicit men, solicit women, whoever they want to solicit. We'll put up a different colored light and we'll try and experiment for 48 to 72 hours to see how much business that they can get. And this was actually... It sounds like the history of Tinder. They tried this. So it predates this Tinder. He no, didn't no. just swipe right. Kept yeah. on walking. <laughs> this experiment, my dear Dr. Dvoretsky, lasted four hours. <laughs> in four hours, the collective men standing out there in windows looking all hot and bothered got three clients. <laughs> and they shut that shit down. They're like, this is not worth So to this day, there are male prostitutes. You by and large, get them through an escort-type service, so you order them, and they're a little bit more specialized in terms of uh, whether they prefer, like, homosexual sex versus heterosexual sex. So, um, I see that there's not too much of a stigma against homosexuality here. There's going to be some everywhere. Yeah. Men who have sex with men and who are legal prostitutes, mm-hmm. they have access to all the same services yes. as the women. Yes. Is there any social stigma for them to find health services or are they just as free to go to PNG? Yes, and absolutely. Else? And don't get okay. me wrong, you have social stigma and you have a professional stigma. Yeah. Uh, social yeah. stigma in this country is, I think, the same as in any other country. Okay. okay. Unfortunately. Maybe not as high in, as it is in America, but sure. it's pretty high for such a for such a tolerant liberal country. Right. So they will have, in principle, access to everything else. Oh, yeah. But they may have a little bit of a tougher time, like you said, if a doctor has a bias against prostitution, he may have an even, he or she, may have an even higher bias against... Uh, a man who practices homosexual prostitution. Okay. Transgenders, I okay. do think, have more... They have a tougher time. Yes, they have okay. a tougher time. Okay. Um, All right. uh, in general, okay. also with doctors. In, in general, right. uh, we'll go to... Uh, we have specialized hospitals oh. and, and specialized sections. Oh, and, that's so cool. Uh, and transsexual okay. sex workers yeah. can also go to the PNG, of course. Um, What's the name of the specialized... Uh, well, for, uh, well, for instance, the, yeah. the VU. MSA. VU. VU. Okay. Uh, it's a hospital and they have okay. a whole transgender Oh, that's so uh, wonderful. Department. Yeah. Okay. I, okay. I, so tell me about these transgender hospitals. There are a few windows who where um, a transgender prostitute will present themselves and in certain corners of the red light district they'll be under like a violet purple or blue light in their window Um, most of them are uh, transgender females so they'll look female or appear uh, as women because you know there is a center here in amsterdam for freedom of sexual expression This is also a very liberal area, and thus many people come from around the Netherlands and indeed from around Europe to live freely as transgender people and even to transition, either to get information about transitioning or even, you know, care 
to transition. So hormonal therapy and ultimately for some surgical therapy. And just because this was a liberal area, this was an area where a lot of people felt comfortable coming here, the culture plus the medical environment gave rise to hospitals and medical centers that specialized in transition. A little bit, Josh, like we talked about how Bangkok, Thailand was like the penis transplant and penis repair capital of the world. Um, Mm -hmm. Amsterdam has become a bit of a de facto transgender hub. I think that's, that's a lot of uh, health professionals going a very long way to visit a prostitute. Right, all the way maybe Nigeria and Africa, all the way from India, all different parts. I mean, of it's Europe. like they're coming out here and going Amsterdam. <laughs> I used to work at a dermatologist okay. who worked with the with the VU okay. hospital. Yeah. And we did hair removal. Oh, debilitating. Okay. Yes. Sure, sure. So oh, for transitioning. Before, yes, oh, okay. this was before uh, yeah. the transition. So they have this, this whole specialized department. And I okay. think more and more hospitals are getting a specialized department. Okay. Um, which, of course, you can also come to if you have specific issues or, okay. or problems or, or gotcha, whatever. Gotcha, gotcha. So I think... Uh, transsexuals in general have more to deal with stigma wise socially socially, but also professionally I still think especially in other cities small time town doctors might look really weird if you walk in or Or sometimes they don't know what to do if they haven't read the latest research or study they they may want to help but not because they have past biases they may not know the proper way to approach them without might not like you said it might not even be complete bias yeah. it might also be that you're from such a small town yeah that you've, you've never, never seen it, across <laughs> yeah. it so you have no okay. idea what to expect or okay. so that could also very well be okay and from that not knowing you can have some kind of bias gotcha uh, okay. not necessarily completely negative okay as in i don't want to you know knock off uh, yeah. small town doctors absolutely no, not. no sure but i would say that that they have a have a lot to deal with a social sure. stigma so um, okay. male sex workers and female sex workers when it comes to doctors and yeah. i think this is in general yeah that female sex workers still have to deal that most of the time people will immediately label them as victims. I see. Whereas a man, it's a choice. Or, right. Wow, look or, at you. Well, yeah. you know, but you're gay, so, which is yeah. also not good. Which but, is... you know, yeah, but, okay, you know, okay. you might as well make a profession out of this. And these are, oh, yeah, trust me, it's terrible, terrible things people uh, say. Um, but not so much labeled as, as victims. Or, so women will right. most often go, Girl, why are you doing this? You're sure. so smart. You can do so many other right, things. Right, of course. Okay. Um, or uh, do you need any help of any kind? Or, oh, So yeah. it immediately goes to you must be oppressed. Sure. So uh, you're someone... not doing this voluntarily. Now, Santosh, one of the things that I still haven't heard you guys talk about is something that also is very often associated with prostitutes. So much so, in fact, that an entire subset of music in our country <laughs> yeah okay is i think i know where you're telling going. you that pimping ain't easy yeah. is that true <laughs> are there no pimps around so uh if if the legal system in the netherlands have anything to do with it pimping is impossible 
Um, pimping is absolutely illegal in Amsterdam and the Netherlands. You are not allowed to be owned or quote unquote hoard out. Um, all the decisions you make as a sex worker and the money that you make is legally yours. We left off in history with like the late 1900s, um, or sorry, the late 1800s. Um, coming into, you know, the 1900s, we had that beginning of the 1900s where window prostitution started and then coming all the way up to like the 1960s and 70s, we had mobsters who were running the prostitute scene. But it became quickly understood by most of the populace of Amsterdam for sure and the Netherlands more broadly that the, the social idea was that they wanted prostitution to be legal, but legislated. And this is when people came in, police, etc., and finally, you know, tried to break up the mobs. And right now, coming all the way up to the year 2000, when prostitution was officially legalized. So it was really recent, Josh. I'm talking about 17 years ago. We left off. There were 68 legalized houses of prostitution in 1882 with over right. 170 public women and signs were posted with a warning in three languages that basically said throughout Holland no prostitute can be kept in a house of tolerance for debts or any right. other motive and right. people who have doubts can address these doubts to police stations and would give the nearest address Right. But the problem in this case way back when was corruption. So because the police were the only ones who, that, who could run these types of things, there were quite a few of these types of crimes where a woman would be pimped out, where they looked the other way if the police got enough money in their hand. So trafficking is um, highly kind of... Uh, penalized and legislated in the Netherlands and then pimping is very much frowned upon and yeah so they can they can run a business they can have a brothel and go in on, with other women on a house um, but they cannot be they cannot have their money which they earned legally as a sex worker taken from them by somebody else so that's how these laws kind of evolved all the way from the late 1800s all the way to modern times they'll just be like no someone instead of even in the medical profession instead of yes. caring for their patient yes. they'll try to get them help or something exactly. like that and exactly. i'm guessing they often meet social workers such as yourself who call the doctor back and say what are you doing exactly. <laughs> okay. uh, for instance proud that this whole uh, bit of convention uh, yeah. amongst upcoming doctors but to talk about this and to talk about the stigma also of course the fact that most medical books are based on the male anatomy of course not the yeah, female yeah. one yeah, yeah so the thing is is that there's so there's a, a a lot of progress that we can make in that field and sure. what i feel and this is my opinion is that it's not always from a a negative a point of view i i i really do think that a lot of people really think they're helping right except for the fact that they're not so it's interesting that yeah our natural instinct is to assume that the women are being victimized or that they are forced into this and that's very much not the case in fact uh, you mentioned something about project 1012 which is don't save us save our windows 
There, there are two sides to this, but I'll present it the way that my tour guide presented it. My tour guide, whose name was Mars, uh, for the Red Light Tours, um, which uh, we should, I should totally plug. It's, uh, it's by Sandemans, and they're fantastic tour guides. He said he lived in the Red Light District in Devalin for a little while, and even though he loved it, he actually did have trouble with, you know, it's a party district. So the people living in the red light district got together with uh, some of the sex workers and they said, listen, it's, it's getting a little out of hand. We need to live here as well. This is not just party town. What happened out of all of the discussion was something that a lot of Amsterdamers don't like, which is that they decided to shut down several prostitute windows around the old church. So I, I can't remember the number and all, but it's quite a bit. And this was one of the strikes that happened actually in 2015. Um, you know, the sex workers protested and they, they, they decided to, you know, strike right then. Um, because they, the government was starting to take away too many of the windows. And then what they would do is they would take each of the windows and set them up as an office or like a little boutique shop where if the sex workers wanted to come back and set up like an art shop or a bookstore or a music store, that they could still have their window. So there's a lot of controversy sounding this, uh, surrounding this because, you know... It, it sounds like, you know, the general gentrification. Almost, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it sounds like you're cracking down. You know, like rather oh, than trying. Oh, and that to is the last place you want to be cracking yeah. down is on something. Yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. That's you know, you usually want to go a little bit gentle. You know, <laughs> but even with the compensation, the monetary compensation that the Netherlands government is offering, a lot of people, especially the sex workers, feel that they are not getting. Um, a fair shake. There are people on both sides of this debate, you know, some of whom who want to kind of clean up this area and others who want to save sex work. Um, and 1012 yeah. is also the zip code of the red light district. Yeah, which is why, yeah, that was why it was called the Project 1012. <laughs> so I think it's a good thing that Proud goes through these conventions and we okay. also, you know, we have the book When Sex Becomes Work. So okay. let we let doctors just read that and okay. see that. The, and of course, there are people who need help. Yes, there are. I would never be someone who says there aren't any. Because sure. there are, absolutely. Right. Just don't deny the fact that there are people who don't need, like, social help. So be the doctor. You mentioned one thing inside, which were physicians which come from outside of Holland to come here to visit. Yes. So, um, I mean, this is a first world country. It's fully it's developed. Yeah. So why do you need outside doctors? What happens? Oh, no, they don't come here to um, to help to work here. Okay. No, yeah, no, yeah. they come here to learn. Oh, that's so sweet. So there's educate there are courses. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Many, many of them. Okay, I'll look that up. All over the world. Uh, what are they called again? This is going to be the same thing like you said for Zandam. It's, uh, yes. I might get it completely wrong, but I'll find oh, it. Oh, no worries. Yeah. <laughs> and so what they, what they do, so the organization creates this course in the Netherlands. They get educated in different fields, and okay. sex work is one of is them. One of, okay. And most people are very interested in this okay. because sex work in, in, in different countries in Africa is a completely different world. Absolutely, yeah, um, yeah. And because up to quite recently, yeah. uh, like I said, 10, 15 years ago, it was a 
very closed off world as well. Sure. People didn't talk about, you don't talk about sex, you don't talk about right. health when it comes to sex. You, you don't talk about Which this. I've kind of seen as a, I mean, I'm, I'm so sorry to bring this up, but like a consequence of colonialism. Yeah. That often the old cultures, the ancient cultures were fine with it. Oh, yeah. And then there was kind of a morality that was imposed, yeah, by missionaries or something the, like yeah, that. Yeah, so you yeah. have to be sorry about yeah. this. I am very, very well aware okay. of our no, no. terrible, terrible well, history. Well, I come from India, and, you know, we have the Kama yeah. Sutra, and we have, exactly. you'll go there and you'll find statues which yes. are dedicated to sex yes. and everything. But You often see yeah. this in Eastern countries. I did this whole study on fairy tales. Right. In Western countries, it's very morale, and this yeah, yeah. is bad, and this is good, and yeah. But in Eastern countries, it's about love and sex and sensuality. Just faces back then, yeah. children were a commodity. I mean, yeah. it was a way to keep the bloodline and the yeah. money in the family. Yeah. I mean, an we, extra worker. <laughs> yeah, but also we we uh, actually the, the idea even was at some point in time that only the noble people were allowed to have children. Sure, because sure. we needed those. Yeah. Not everybody not else everybody cares. Else. <laughs> you know, I mean, the, the, yeah, yeah. And it was not very fun to be a noble person in those times because women were really locked up. Sure, sure. And men too, by the way. Until they got married, and then nobody cared anymore. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, I got all the other information I need, like directly on the services from the PNG website, and this was so informative. Good. Well, I'm and happy you came. Bye. Do it. And thank you so much thank for you everything. Thank you very much, and good luck with yeah. your podcast. Send um, me a link. All right. Thank you very much. That was a pretty fascinating interview, Santosh, and I was so happy when I got that text that you're like, I'm going to a prostitute. Yeah. <laughs> Info said thank you. God damn it. <laughs> My wife's going to listen to this. I told her, by the way, she was there waiting for me to have tea with me after this interview. So she was totally supportive about this. I love you, sweetie. You. I actually want to thank everybody for listening through uh, all the way to the end and not cutting off mid-stroke. Thank you for uh, sticking around all the way to the happy ending. Long and hard investigation. Well, this was an amazing investigative report into the nether regions. Oops, I mean Netherlands. <laughs> I hope I didn't blow that job. And it's, it's a hard, penetrating question. We don't like to be strapped down into one position. Unless well, we get those gag orders. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But we like to, you know, free ourselves up. Morality is a difficult thing to judge when talking about sex work. There's That's so many true. shades of gray in between. <laughs> what do you call a sex worker that you pay in spaghetti? You call them a prostitute. So that's our show for the week, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, we love to hear your comments, questions, concerns, and feedback. We would love for you to support us spiritually, emotionally, or financially. You can find links to do all of those down in the show notes. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Sirius. I just got this horrible cartoon vision of like a panting penis in a box. <laughs> I can't breathe. There's no hole in Our this box. Our music is composed by Rachel Leisure. This show is produced by me with a lot of help. From all our co-hosts, special thanks to Verna at the Prostitute Information Center. Till next time, as always, happy travels. Bye, guys.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.